This episode of the Event Industry News Podcast is sponsored by Evolution Dome, award-winning temporary inflatable event structures. Take a look at their structures at evolutiondome.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. And today's subject is something that I have a a personal interest in, very much so, um, as well as uh, as having a professional interest in my role working as a freelancer um, on various events um, around the UK and, 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 and now across in the States as well, um, is the subject of sound and audio and the contributing uh, element that it has to an event. And in some respects, what my guest today calls the fundamental and often unappreciated element of events. I'm delighted to say that joining the Event Industry News podcast for the first time is the founder of the Exclamation Group, joining us from New York, Mr. Thomas Serrano. Thomas, a very warm welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. Hello, James. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. And as I said, this this is a subject that I have a, a personal interest in, a professional interest in. Um, I, I picked up um, an electric guitar when I was about 14 years old. And ever since then, I was fascinated in 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 plugging stuff in, in making noise with things. Um, I, I, I would plug hi-fis into the back of VHS machines to record the audio from a, a VHS cassette of a concert that I wanted to, to listen to on my Sony Walkman at the time. Um, and it's just a, a, an area then that has, has continued to fascinate me. And I've been lucky enough to move professionally into, um, you know, uh, 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 in, in later years as, as, as my own career evolved. Um, I think it's important that we give some context, first of all, as to, to who you are, who the exclamation group is, the clients that you work for. And that will hopefully then lead us into the conversation we're going to have today about how audio plays such an important role in, in your events. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Thomas, and about the exclamation group. So exclamation group, we are based on the East Coast uh, between New York and Miami. We're like a boutique event agency. Uh we thrive when it becomes a challenge to do a very creative experience for either a large corporation or luxury group. This is our experience for the last uh, 15 years now in the, in the U.S. I'm today in New York City. Uh, this is one of our two uh, offices. And uh, we are recognized a lot in the US for our experience within luxury group mm -hmm. and this is uh, this is our passion this is what mm -hmm. we do for 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 living now and but we are also um really in tune with a lot of large US corporations to help them to do something you know very special as an event and not just another good event uh which makes a big difference and uh yes we have been doing that uh and created the exclamation group in January 2020. Fabulous. Now that that, that puts it into context, we, we are dealing with with luxury brands. And anybody wants to find out about some of these brands, that you know, the, the, there's no secret. Go to exclamation-group.com. You can look on on Thomas's website, and you'll see some of the names and some of the uh, the, the, the the organizations that, that you've worked with and delivered events for. And we are talking premium world-recognized brands working at the top end of their own industries, which then leads us into the, the conversation today about the experience that they want to create 
by commissioning you to, to put their events together and, and why audio for you plays such an important part in that. What, why are you so of this opinion that it's really the fundamental element into those experiences that you're creating? Because I think it does convey an effect, uh, sounds and music convey an effect, uh, emotion more than any other senses. Uh, brings you back sometime to your memory and some of your past experiences. Uh, but for sure in the in the moment, as a collective or as an individual moment, I think it does bring um, a lot uh, to what we call the emotional journey that usually we like to map for our guests and our clients, which I think is very unique uh, in the way we work, meaning that when we think of an event and we're about to plan an event, Usually, you know, you have the famous run-off show that everybody goes with. And in that run-off show, you have all the technical aspects. And you have the audio, you have the video, and so on. We have an additional column that is emotion. And in that mm -hmm. additional column, for every single moment of the experience of our future client, you know, coming into that event, we are going to map the emotional journey. We are going to look at what type of emotion we want to convey we want to generate what is the intensity of that emotion how we are going to generate that emotion is it a collective one is it something that we want people to be proactive about in the experience and when you look at mapping that emotional journey at the end when you look back it gives you a very good overview of what you're about to achieve and of course sound is one of the elements in the mix that we love to work with i think is usually uh, somewhat forgotten. We still yeah. receive nowadays even guidelines from global HQs uh, from some the biggest luxury group in the world, and they would spend a lot of time showing you the invitation, showing you a lot of the different aspect, visual aspect of that event. And there's nothing about music. There's nothing about sound. So that's always something that we bring back to the table. And actually, our clients enjoy talking about and and uh, you know helping us design the sound and the music across uh, across the entire event i think at exclamation group what we believe in it's really to be uh first of all meaningful in what we do so meaningful to the brand meaning that whatever the sound of the music has to be unique to their heritage to their dna to the goal of that specific day for that specific brand but also meaningful to the audience is it mm -hmm. going to with the audience is the audience gonna enjoy it and i will say meaningfulness is more of a rational thing and after the second thing we really believing it's not only to be meaningful but it's to be memorable and that's where you add that emotional you know aspect of how to build something that people will remember enjoy and hopefully come back to and that's where emotion uh, are usually uh, the best way to connect you know mm. the brand wants to connect it cannot only be a transaction you know i invite you you come you leave or i invite you you buy you leave you know if it was a store event. yeah very much so and, and what what strikes me is you said something there that that, that that they're often overlooked maybe they're underappreciated maybe certain event organizers think well music can't play a part in my event because it is uh, it's a business conference and a trade show. So, you know, all we need our audio systems to do is to work with the microphones for the panelists who are delivering the, the conference sessions and a lectern mic for somebody delivering a PowerPoint. And, and you know, when I think then to, to, to what you're actually trying to achieve, you're still trying to achieve and, and promote and provoke 
an emotional reaction from your audience. Even if it's a very strict corporate business event, you still want those people to feel engaged, to feel like they are having their senses heightened by what's about to happen. And you can often achieve that with music, regardless of what the type of event is. And, um, you know, the same way that we have a, a, a very specific playlist that might play before a band comes on stage with their opening music, it's all designed to... to get you to the point where you're ready to then engage in what's about to take place on stage. And I think that's from a personal point of view, something that we miss in the wider events industry that regardless of what the event is, you're still trying to achieve the same thing. Even if it's one speaker walking on stage to deliver a keynote presentation. Yes. And I think there's different category when we, dis when we say sound, which is a very generic word, you can think of either live or pre-recorded. Those are the two big categories. Live mean, of course, a DJ, a live band or a single artist with, for example, a acapella uh, performance. Mm -hmm. So those are the, all the live aspects that you can bring or just, you know, musicians uh, coming uh, to your event and all the pre-recorded that we usually consider as sound design is very important where we can either take some existing music and it's just as you mentioned it earlier background music which people will not really pay attention to or sound music or really has to say in the emotional journey and in that case we spend a lot of time designing those moments to the second when people enter a room or is watching a video, what, what is the sound going along with it? And how does that sound going to affect the overall experience? And we, we enjoy very much that part of the work, that creative work where we design specifically the sound that's going to be, you know, embedded into the overall experience. Mm. And of course, so much when you, when you don't just think, oh, well, here's a pre-recorded playlist or we're going to have a band when you actually put the thought into it and you go into those sort of detailed timings you can really work a particular piece of music whether it's classical rock folk music jazz to a point in the music where it reaches a dynamic peak that coincides with a dynamic peak in your event as well with the lighting with what's happening on a stage with what's happening with a the presentation there are all these elements that can come together really at a single moment yeah we did for example sound design for the reveal of a new car for a large uh, manufacturer and the reveal of that car was three minutes and I designed the music with a professional studio, but I was the creative director. And we did, you know, look at every second, every aspect of that car that, you know, was coming out as a surprise from the, from the, from the back of the stage, uh, driving to the main stage and rotating, you know, uh, for people to see every, uh, every angle of the car, every single of that, you know, piece of, of, of reveal was designed through music first and after that we had lighting and video coming but the music was the was the driving factor uh for that reveal and everything else was uh was coming afterwards and and from a, a production point of view do you then when you said the car was rotating you can adjust presumably the the, the speed of the rotation so that certain elements are revealed to coincide with the, the music that you programmed so we asked the manufacturer in Germany, what was the speed of the rotation? How can we, you know, uh, and we decided pre, uh, you know, pre-event what was going to be the speed. So we knew to the second, you know, they are German engineers, very precise. 
Yeah, yes, 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 yes. How, how the car was going to rotate. Uh, we knew the exact position from the beginning to the end, and that's how we designed it. And there was no surprise when we came and we rehearsed uh, the day before. It was exactly what we planned. The, what we've spoken about there is, is I would guess, at, at one end of the spectrum in terms of the detail and the level of um, articulate planning that went into that particular event and, and that particular three-minute segment. Um, if we take it to maybe the opposite end of the spectrum and, you know, event organisers who are running, I'm going to use a horrible word here, but mundane events, things that they think are not particularly exciting – how how can they be incorporating some of the elements that you're using at that end of the spectrum into what they're doing on a day-to-day -day level? Because I, I, I really, I always have an iPod with me, an old iPhone that has, you know, Spotify on there. I carry it, I, I, I deliver AV for, as a, as a one-man operation, as a freelancer, to small conferences. So I, 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 and the one thing that I always, always have on is music even when people are making their way into the room. I don't like a completely silent conference room because it, it, there's an awkwardness. People don't like silence, especially if they're around people that maybe they're not familiar with or they, they've only met for the first time. So I always, always play music as people are walking into a room. Just have on in the background. Um, I always try and find a track that is suitable for the particular dynamic of when a uh, a session finishes so when a session finishes again rather than having an awkward silence make sure there's some music queued up and ready to go and i see a lot of events take place where it's just not even considered to have any music on there what is there advice that you sort of learned from your own experiences that you would pass on to to people who are working at maybe that end of the industry i mean i would agree with you on the overall you know need to always include music into your into your event uh, as much as uh, as possible for the overall you know emotional engagement and dynamics, I think sometimes is is interesting also to ask people their liking prior to the event to engage with them and to ask them what is their most recent favorite song for example, or what is the mm -hmm. style of music that they usually like. That gives you some data that you can after include into your playlist that just make it more relevant. And it's so simple to do. People just don't dare asking people their, you know, their taste. Mm -hmm. Music is so subjective that it could just be relevant to play, uh, you know, a couple of songs that have been mentioned the most by your audience. And you know you're going to please them and they're just going to, you know, connect uh, easier. And they will, you know, they will have that little smile when they hear the song because they will be, just uh, you know, happy that you took uh, you know their liking into uh, into consideration, and you need mm -hmm. to you need to mix and, and match. Uh, of course, you cannot um, play the, the favorite song of, of everybody. I think once in a while, not for a lot of money, it's interesting to have some type of live music, and it could be one musician, it could be a saxophonist, it could be a violinist, depending on on your taste and on the objective of the event. But just to to have that um, aspect. So usually when we try to decide between live and pre-record, of course there's a, there is a budget, but it's not, it's not only about the budget because there's a lot of musicians uh, that are willing to play and come and it doesn't mean that it, it, is, a lot of, um, it is a lot of money. I think mm -hmm. you decide for live music over pre-recorded when you can make sure that people it will be asked for people to have a minimum level of attention to the musician. If it's just a cocktail and it's very loud and it's a big audience, 
you don't want to have just one lost musician somewhere uh, in the mm -hmm. corner that nobody will pay attention to that that will not uh, work well but if you have a specific location where you can have the musician on stage and you think at a specific moment doesn't have to be long people will you know pay attention uh, i think it's worth for example uh trying and we like to um we like to do that but Again, every brand has different, uh, also interpretation of what music is. It's very subjective. I will give you the example of two different clients that we have um, in the luxury industry. Uh, we do a lot of what we call hard luxury, which is high jewelry and high, um, you know, watchmaking, luxury mm -hmm. watches and luxury jewelry. If you look at Audemars Piguet, which is from Switzerland, from Le Brassu, uh, they are all about breaking the rules. It is a very old brand, all about craftsmanship, beautiful watches. But they like to break the rules and they will not uh, play the music you would expect from them. They will maybe go into pop or rock uh, or they will go even to rap. They love to, you know, have collaboration with Jay-Z and those type of artists, mm. the pop culture which is a little bit disruptive. And that's what they, you know, they go for. And our other client, for example, in jewelry, Von Cliff and Apples, which is very, um, you know, traditional, beautiful craftsmanship of high yeah. jewelry uh, from France. They are uh, sticking more to their heritage, which is classical music, uh, classical ballet. And that's what they, they like to play. And that's what we, um, we, we like to do on their behalf. Uh, so depending on your brand, depending on your client, make sure to understand what is their interpretation of their own heritage to make sure that you land in something that is relevant for the brand, but that the audience will also enjoy. I should mention very, very, very briefly, if I may, uh, Thomas, that um, that there's a, a, a if you go onto the exclamation group website, um, there is a great page that details some of the events that they've worked on. And there's actually a, a, a specific example of Van Cleef and Arpel, um, an event that you did in L.A., their 40th, 45th anniversary celebration. So if anybody wants to maybe go into that one a little bit more detail, then then there's a specific reference on um, on Thomas's website. Um, one thing that, that I, I would like to ask is when you are designing these events, we've, we've spoken about the programming of, of, of music and tailoring it and finding the right type of, uh, of music to work with events but in terms of the technical delivery as well do you think that that unless you have the technical capability of delivering clearly the the music that you've decided to program or the you know the sounds that you've decided to program is it just as important to look at the technical aspect of it and how you are going to deliver that experience to people through the sound systems yeah uh, this is usually, you know, handled by our, our trusted vendors that we hire uh, most of the time uh, locally. Mm. And it is, you know, their, their job and their responsibility. I'm not a technician. I don't have any background in, in, in you know, those type of equipment. But mm. it is uh, to make sure that depending on the location and depending on, you know, the overall delivery of music uh, that you want to achieve that, of course, uh, you have the right uh, equipment uh, to deliver that. And I think it's uh, much more, um, you know, challenging when it's live music, of course, with different musicians, you have singer and you need to do balance and you need to rehearse. 
and that takes a lot of time and preparation. Uh, Pre-recorded, it's it's much easier now. There's a lot of um, technology that are available and affordable mm. to deliver music into a room, uh, which is uh, easier with not you know those very heavy and uh, expensive equipment that you know I used to I used to hire uh, and rent uh, 20 years ago when I started. Mm. So technology does help a lot now um, for that matter for sure. Mm. And and we're seeing certainly in in the, in the event tech market more opportunities for for people to maybe uh, experience you know music as a, as a, as a factor within the delivery of an event. And I, I, I say that w- with reference to event apps. And there are some great new technologies being developed where you know p- people can actually tune into uh, the, the audio feed from a stage at an event. You know, just using their phone. You know, the the, the latency. in some of the networking now is so low in terms of a a time delay that you can actually pick up an audio feed, you know, like you can as if you were plugged into the system through an app on your phone, which is fascinating. And and we're seeing more and more events, certainly in the UK, where uh, uh, things like trade shows and corporate events, we're reducing the volume on on the show floor by using... Um, wireless headsets so people are given a wireless headset when they sit down in the conference theater which opens up a world of possibilities for delivering audio and delivering that experience because it's so clear it's so immersive you have a full stereo experience which you don't often get through a live PA system that I feel that you know with the technology that we're actually now starting to deploy certainly in the conference and the trade show market um, there are opportunities there to maybe put a little bit more thought into into some of the audio delivery that we can that, you know bring directly into people's ears. I did uh, with the headset and it's a good idea that we should you know suggest we did two different experiences one that people may know about that we call in our industry a silent disco. Yes. You know, so basically people on the dance floor, everybody has his own headset, play their own yeah. music, and everybody's dancing to the different music and rhythm that they have. And it's pretty funny to watch, but super fun to uh, to participate. I've, I've been uh, <clears throat> I've been in them. They're great. <laughs> the, and the, the, the second one that we did, it was uh, a gentleman that wanted to, you know, CEO of a company was delivering a speech in a very big, uh, in a very big room. Um with a lot of experiential around and, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, noise outside on the, on, mm-hmm. in a terrace in Manhattan. Uh, yeah. And uh, we decided to give to everybody for about the 15 minutes, 20 minutes speech, some headset. And the level of attention was amazing because people Absolutely. were really listening to the CEO that if he was you know, just next to you, uh, speaking into your ear. And we that that fighting was uh, was really amazing to us because I was so proud that instead of having the CEO with a microphone and trying to get the attention of everybody, we gave the headphones. Everybody was wondering why we asked them to put them on. Uh, we dimmed the light a little bit, and it was fun because those headphones were had some blue light around, and all of a sudden, all our guests were paying a lot more attention to the delivery and the speech of the of the CEO of the company. So that was through technology, as you were mentioning, and headsets, a way to enhance, uh, you know, that specific moment. And 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 this is this is where I feel that, that, that there are opportunities, is, is that I've used, for the Event Tech Live event that I'm part of in, in the UK and now in Las Vegas, we've used the headsets for, for several years now 
so that we can reduce the amount of noise that's on the show floor because we have exhibitors in their exhibition booths. They're there to do business. They don't want a loud PA system, you know, shooting across the show floor. So we use the headsets as a way of designing the, the sound so that we can reduce the volume of the PA. But as you alluded to then, what what the, the, the major benefit of that was not just the reduction in volume from the PA system. It was the attention of the people that is, there's something about the act of putting that headset on that immediately puts you into the world of what you're listening to. It tunes people in literally. And, and it's, uh, and once you've got their attention, then there are so many th more things that we could potentially use those headsets for. Yeah. 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 It's a win-win. Uh, it's a win-win situation for, for sure. And we, we enjoy it uh, very much. One big piece of advice I will give to agencies or clients when they're working through music is such about personal taste and such, you know, subjective, um, you know, selection of, of sound of music is try to make it as rational as possible through the process. Mm -hmm. So try to put in writing, what are your objective, you know, what type of music you want to, you want to go with. And we like, after receiving the brief, we go through a questionnaire that we send to our client to make sure that we have in writing exactly what they like. We, we question them about, you know, every single moment, every type of music uh, that they want and why would they like those type of music at those specific moments. And after that, we like to go through some sampling of listening so we'll have the clients uh, either in person or through, for example, a Zoom call, and we'll have them listen to some music just to make sure that we are on the same page, not only in writing, but also through some sampling. And after that, that's only then we really start to design and select, uh, and select the music. And I would say that the rational goes the same way when you want to select uh, a live artist you know like a singer or band just try to put in writing why uh you want live music and what type of artist you're about to hire and what's the meaning behind it and why would you hire such an artist what does that mean to you and what does that mean to the audience that's very important because sometimes it just comes like oh let's have you know after the gala dinner someone on stage and we go through budget constraints, through availability. Those are all technical aspects. And we don't really start by, do we want someone from, I don't know, from, you know, the country we are in? Uh, do we want some type of music that will bring nostalgia because that specific moment is about the celebration of a 50 years anniversary? I'm just inventing here, you know? Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It's really yeah. about the future because, well, dealing you know I, I organized for the wall street journal something that was called the festival of the future of everything so obviously you want to be forward you want to be with new young artists you want to speak about something that is uh really bringing you into the future but i did a beautiful gala dinner for l'oreal and we wanted to put women first and we wanted to celebrate you know the history and the heritage of that brand and of the country of the usa it was based in new york and we chose uh, Aretha Franklin. And that made a lot of sense uh, wow. because she was, you know, she was that queen of soul and she was bringing uh, all those memory back to all those guests. Uh, mm -hmm. And when she came on stage as a surprise, you could see lady just, you know, crying 
because they were connecting with her. They could remember when they were young and how much, you know, uh, happiness and how special of a moment it was. So just make sure when you select, uh, and it could be a local group, it could be very simple, it doesn't have to be, you know, million of dollars, but why you do it and what's the rationale behind it, because it will make much more sense after to, uh, you know, to feel comfortable with your choice. No, absolutely. And, and um, I think, I think there is sometimes as well from events, you know, like you said, um, if they choose to go down the live music route, let, let, let's say it's an awards event and you have your, everyone arrives, you have your cocktails, black tie, you have your nice meal, you have your awards and say, oh, we'll have a band, but somebody book a band. And, you know, I have it sometimes I spend some of my life still as a semi-professional musician and so I turn up at all sorts of parties, you know, and, and events with a, a guitar and a microphone, you know, and, and I'm amazed sometimes when you turn up to play and they just booked the band through an agency or through something. And, and there's been no sort of real process as to what the client actually wants from their music. It's just book a band. We want people to get up and dance, you know, and, and I know that that's easy to just sort of throw that away. And it gets to a point in the night where people think, well, the guests are all going to be drunk by that point anyway. So just book somebody that's good. It'll be okay. But it still contributes. It still contributes to an experience. And I went to a wedding recently. It was a cousin. And they had the most fabulous band who gave them a list of 3,000 songs that they had to choose the set list for. The band said to them, there's our list of songs. That's our repertoire. You tell us what we want, what we need to play for your audience. And the band was spectacular there were people on the dance floor that I would not have expected to be on the dance floor all night because everything was done with the right level of planning and execution. Um, and it was sort of the complete antithesis to other events that I've seen where there's been no thought go into it at all. So I'm pleased that today's discussion is hopefully raising this subject of music and, and audio with our, with our podcast listeners and people who follow this. And if you're an event organizer and you organize what you consider to be something fairly run of the mill, you know, and, and as I said, I, I'm involved in a number of conferences where I do the AV for them and they expect me to turn up with some lecterns and microphones and projectors, set it up, plug people's laptops in and make everything work. But with just a small, small extra bit of thought, you can actually raise the level and the quality of that um, event. Sometimes sub subconsciously, Thomas, as well. Sometimes your audience don't even realize, do they, what they're being exposed to? It's a subconscious feeling that they're getting. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really true. Um, I I'm I'm really pleased that we've been able to have this conversation today with Thomas Serrano from the Exclamation Group. Um, what's more important, Thomas, is that before we wrap up today's episode, is that um, people who may want to find out a little bit more about some of the projects that you guys work on and what what you do, tell us how people can uh, go and find you once this podcast is finished. So we have a website, uh, exclamation, you know, group.com. They can go to our website. We can also contact us through LinkedIn, uh, exclamation group, uh, LinkedIn page, or through my personal Thomas Serrano uh, LinkedIn page, and uh, we'd be more than happy to, uh, you know, keep the discussion going. 
Fantastic. Get thinking, everybody. Let's bring more music to our events that we're delivering out there on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, love to hear some of your suggestions. What are your favourite tracks? Uh, you know, tweet us at Event News Blog is us on Twitter. Find us on um, find us on all of the social media platforms. If, if you listen to the podcast regularly, and you want to give a, a shout out to your top three pieces of music, then uh, then get it on the social channels, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. My thanks to my guest again today, Thomas Serrano, the founder of Exclamation Group. Um, and a quick uh, mention for a couple of things before we wrap up today's podcast. If you are listening to this via an audio platform, please don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com where you can check out video versions of all of our podcasts, as well as all the latest news features, special supplements that are on the Event Industry News website. And of course, the ATED supplier directory. If you work in the events industry and you're looking for a product or a service, then chances are you will find it under the A to Z supplier directory on eventindustrynews.com. If you are already there and watching this on the website, hello to you. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget that you can go to wherever you get your podcasts from and subscribe to the podcast and listen to audio versions of those while you're out and about and hopefully enjoying some, some nice summer, summer weather if you're Northern Hemisphere and, uh, and some good winter weather if you're Southern Hemisphere tuning into the podcast today. It brings us neatly and nicely to the end of today's episode. My thanks again to my guest today, Thomas Serrano, joining us from New York. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you on the next edition of the Event Industry News Podcast. Goodbye, everybody.